Good morning, working lady. Yeah, that's how you work it, lady. How are you? It's never known. Maybe this is how you get it, baby. Work, work, work. Okay, ladies. So I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Um, this is going to be a topic that is heavy hitting. We are going to cover a lot of information today, but I'm going to keep it fun and lighthearted. Um, there are going to be some times when I'll get, you know, a little bit more serious, um, some personal shares, um, you know, of, of different ones that I know and everything. So I, I definitely want to present that, um, you know, um, in, in a way that is appropriate. But some of this we're just going to have fun with because it's just so crazy. Sometimes when stuff is so heavy, all you can do is be lighthearted about it, make a joke about it, make it funny, make it just, you know, and we want to retain this information too. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about three new reasons, girl, to avoid promiscuity. Okay. So we all know, right? Like, hey, you know, you shouldn't have too many partners. You know, you got to make sure you keep up with your sexual health, all these things. We all, you know, we're raised with morals and how to be, you know, appropriate, proper ladies and women, of course, right? But with that said, you know, we are living in different times. And some of those things have kind of gone by the wayside. Um, people, you know, don't feel that way in general anymore. But I feel that that is changing due to some of the information um, that we are going to go over now. I'm hoping that, you know, some of this information that is not just my information, this is stuff I'm going to be sharing from other places, really wakes people up um, about promiscuity and how you should really not be super promiscuous like that. I mean, the one night stands and the, and the drive-bys and it just, you know, Yuck. You know, it's just not, you know, right now we're living in a time when all this stuff is glamorized, but nobody is showing you the long-term effects of a promiscuous lifestyle. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. So girl, let's get into some of this new stuff that is going on because y'all already know I skeeve. I had a hard time with COVID, you know, like I don't like all the diseases and the germy stuff. So Ick. We're de dealing with some stuff today that's like that. This is information that we need to go over, okay? So if you're watching on YouTube, I do have some, you know, visual things um, to share so you could pop over there um, as well, okay? So first of all, we got new STDs and STIs, guys. And some of them are very aggressive. They're aggressive, all right? So we got to be on the watch out for that. Um, I'm going to um, read a little excerpt here from NBCNews.com. This was an, an article that is a bit older. Um, this was you know, published back in 2016. And I'll say anywhere between 2012, 2016, and now 2020, after the pandemic, we're seeing even more uh, surge in STDs, more STIs, new strands of things that we've never seen before, as well as resurgence of old STDs. Like, um, you know, um, you know, gonorrhea, you know, they, they call that one's been around for a while. There's a resurgence of that. Also, syphilis. That was almost eradicated, guys. Like, and now that is on the rise. So that is what's going on. 
Okay, so this is, you know, another reason not to be super promiscuous and have multiple partners. Because The more partners you have, the more likely you're going to get this. But unfortunately, there are times when that one partner that you choose, you still end up getting something, um, you know. So and I'm going to share some things about that um, of some uh, some different individuals. Okay, but anyway, so. Getting back to this article, um, this is three common STDs becoming untreatable. How worried should be should we be? In the United States, drug-resistant gonorrhea is a public problem of national concern. Okay. Um, so anyway, it says gonorrhea has developed the strongest resistance to drugs, but the worries about untreatable syphilis and chlamydia come at a time when rates for the three STDs are rising rapidly in the U.S., especially among young people among age 20 to 24. And this is sad because this is kind of when you first start having sex. So this is going to be with these individuals for the rest of their lives. It's going to affect their overall health because these are um, infections and viruses. Um, and those do have long-term effects and can even um, increase your risk of getting cancer later and often do lead to cancers. So you have to be careful with this stuff. You know, a lot of people, oh, girl, it's just a little chlamydia, a little gonorrhea. Go to the doctor. They give you something for that and you good. No, you're not. You're going to be good for a while, but there is a risk, you know, 20 years later, you know, you could have a form of cancer from that. So it's, it is a problem. Okay, so that one, um, you know, is 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 a very good article. I do appreciate the article. Um, also mentions here, STDs are hidden epidemics of enormous health and economic consequences in the United States, according to the Centers of Disease Control and P Prevention. In the U.S., STDs are most frequent among college-age women, the highest prevalence being among women from age 20 to 24. So I'm really, I'm talking to all of us today, but I especially want to draw this in real hard for our younger listeners and watchers here of the podcast. Girls, if you are age like, you know, 12 and up, key in on this information because you are already at that age where people are going to start coming at you sexually and you may be, you know, um, have some, some, you know, questions about it or be interested in having sex. And this is some reasons for you to listen to your parents and listen to the things that you've learned um, and be cautious. Okay. And again, condoms are great, but a lot of this is just skin to skin contact. Even if you're wearing a condom, you're still going to get some of these, you know, um, it's a big problem. HPV and, um, herpes, especially skin to skin contact, you know, um, the condoms really are going to be most effective against HIV because that lives, you know, specifically in the, uh, sexual secretions, you know, sperm and our vaginal secretions and things like that. So the, the condoms are a good defense against that, but HPV, gonorrhea and all this other stuff is skin, skin, skin contact. So, you know, you can't just like, Oh, I, I had on a condom. I'm good. You're not, you're not. All right. This is serious stuff. This is serious stuff. Okay. Um, so that was a great article. Um, now let's talk about uh, HPV. So we talked about some of the old ones. Let's, let's recap. You know, we talked about, you know, the resurgence of some of these, um, older ones before we do that though, hold up, let me get into, let's get this, this newer one up here. Bear with me a minute. Where did that go? 
Um, we're going to get into some very interesting stuff today. Uh, okay, where is that one that I wanted? Y'all bear with me, guys. Okay. We talked about drug-resistant gonorrhea. All of these things. Okay. Oh, man. Ah, okay. Here we go. Here's the new STD. All right. Now, there's the, the earliest ones that I found of this particular STD, the earliest um, like uh, research studies or, or published information is um, 2018. Um, and this is called, this is from the website uh, muskhealth.org. Um, and it is talking about an STD called MG is a new kid on the block. And the name is mycoplasmia genitalium. Okay. It is a super bug. Now let's talk about it. Okay, so this is a tra sexually transmitted disease, um, which um, reports say could become the next superbug. It's showing up um, in low county areas across the U.S., um, according to obstetricians and gynecologists, um, as well as nationally recognized experts. Uh, it's a superbug because it's bacterium uh, that lacks a cell wall, which makes it resistant to penicillin and similar agents okay it can be treated with other antibiotics such as astromaxin um but it is a superbug and um when it comes to virulence the disease is associated with the apparent what appears to be on the milder side you know if you get a virulent strand so uh it goes on to say that mg seems to be more common than gonorrhea but less common than chlamydia um, according to the Centers of Disease uh, Control and Prevention, um, this professor, uh, this professor, excuse me, Soper from the College of Medicine at the Medical University of South Carolina says both men and women um, can, of course, have this. Symptoms include urethral discharge, some burning with urination, vaginal discharge, and mild lower abdominal pain. It's a sexually transmitted insect infection requiring genital to genital contact. Okay. So again, genital, genital, most back in the day, you know, our parents' generation, you really had to fully, you know what I'm saying? Do to do like, you know, all of the, the fluids had to be, you know, introduced to each other to get, you know, some of the diseases. Okay. But this again, is another one like HPV skin to skin contact. Skin to skin, okay? Some people don't have symptoms at all. They don't even know they have it until it causes other problems like pelvic inflammatory disease, which can lead to infertility, okay? Um, it is on the medical, um, you know, provider's rep, uh, radar, um, and it can show up, you know, like other similar STDs. Sometimes they may even think it's something else. But then, um, you know, after further testing, they can develop that, you know, see that this is something different. Okay. Um, now, there are, this is one particular one um, that, you know, of course, anyone can get anything. Um this may also be similar to um, one of the newer strands that was going around. Um, it's kind of 
began um, in the homosexual community, and it was kind of like a superbug bacterial infection that actually came um, kind of has like a, a, a some sort of correlation with uh, fecal matter. So, um, but this is something different. But anyway, you could do more research on that on your own. But all of that's floating around with everybody. You know what I mean? So you just have to be careful. But I did want to talk about this new one. Um, they're calling it MG. It is the new kid on the block. And it is on the rise. Um, there are newer um, articles about MG that you can find online. Um, so I would encourage you to do that. Um, and just be careful. I mean, it's it's not um, anything to really play with. Okay, this is serious stuff. Now, on the topic of HPV, um, and again, we're still talking about the, the, the first part, we're still on number one as to reasons why you should, you know, avoid being super promiscuous. Um, we talked about, you know, um, a lot of these things now are, you know, drug resistant. Some of them, a lot of them are still treatable with drugs. But here's the thing about viruses um, and infections. Infections are one thing. Um, they're going to, in some ways, be less severe than a virus, obviously. But the thing is with viruses is that for them to survive, they have to kind of adapt. So as they go from person to person, they've got all that genetic information stored inside of them from all the other people that that particular virus has infected. And each time it changes when it goes to the next person. So sometimes it gets smarter and better at surviving, infecting tissue and attaching to organs and things like that. So it becomes stronger. And so then sometimes our medications won't work or, you know, you have to try different ones or increase the dosage, things like that. So again, just information to be aware of. Okay. Um, let me just make sure here. Now, a lot of these symptoms, um, in my line of work, um, working with women, um, working in the entertainment industry behind the scenes, doing hair and makeup. I, you know, I got to meet hundreds and hundreds and of hundreds of women and you hear their stories and you talk. And I value that so much because even something as sensitive as sexual health, I've had conversations with women that I didn't even know, you know, as a hairstylist and makeup artist, people will confide in you. They will just come in and just drop bombs. You're like, man, I was just here, girl, to flat on your hair. I didn't even need all that today. Okay. But you're just like, you know what, if this person needs a listening ear, I don't mind. Um, and I will say this, um, you know, an individual that I did have in my, my, my chair before did share that, you know, the gonorrhea, um, was, had a lot of depilidate, I can't talk, crippling pain, um, associated with it, with the gonorrhea, you're going to have a lot of, um, vaginal discharge, um, and a lot of these, um, you know, gonorrhea, syphilis, all of those, you're going to know 100% something is off. Um, even herpes, you're going to have visible signs, you know, bumps and things like that. But she did share that it was just like an alarming rate of green fluid, you know, just coming out. And, you know, as a woman, I have to go through something like that. You know what I mean? As a woman to have to experience that, how traumatic, how stressful. I mean, she was so stressed out and she just like, you know, I wish I never slept with this guy. And, you know, just 
horrible, just awful, you know, just really, really sad. So, um, you know, my heart goes out. It, it's just not easy, you know. Um, women is is it's not easy being a woman. Okay. Um, now, uh, some of the other things, though, uh, like, well, let's let's stay on this part. Let's stay on the, the things that you can see. So, another one that you're gonna have visible signs that we touched on is herpes. Um, you know, actually, I'll share you an interesting story on that. Um, as a teenager, um, I had a friend that I knew um, for quite some time. We know, met each other when we were like maybe, um, oh, I'd say maybe 10, and we were friends up through our teenage years, um, and even a little bit farther um, beyond that, maybe maybe early 20s, yeah, something like that. And, um, you know, she reached that age, you know, where kids start to get into trouble. My mother put the fear in me and I was about too afraid to do anything, you know, but you get those little thoughts. You see these little guys, you're like, oh, I don't know. You know, I, you, even though you're, you're raised with your morals, um, you know, um, having a Bible trained conscience and all of that, you know, you, you still though, kids are going to be curious. Um, so I had this friend all of a sudden, you know, she kind of just, you know, left, disappeared anyway. It was because, you know, she had got this boyfriend and, and went off to live with him and, and all this stuff. It was just kind of bizarre and out of nowhere because it was just not um, something that was, a you know, in our circle, our network of how how we all acted, you know, acceptable conduct. And so she kind of left him and got herself together and moved back home. When she came back, and this was over like a six-month period. This was not like years, okay? This was like a six-month thing. And she came back, and I was so happy she was back, you know? I, I wasn't able to talk to her while she was away or anything like that. You know, I was just giving her hugs and stuff. And I noticed her appearance was so different. And I was like, man, you know, she always had this beautiful skin. I was the one with all the pimples and the, the horrible skin, the horrible teenage skin. And she always had this flawless, gorgeous skin. Um, you know, she was like a white girl, you know, beautiful, blonde, you know, brown hair with natural blonde highlights and this gorgeous skin and blue eyes, you know. And so I could tell her appearance was different. First of all, concentrated in her mouth area, she had these enormous pustules, like pimples that were so large that it was just like, whoa, like, I mean, these things were, they were big, they were deep. It was super concentrated in one area all around her mouth and spread all the way out, like through her jawbone. And she just looked really bad. You know, I hate to say it. And I was just like, man, you know, I wonder what happened. So Fast forward, you know, we're hanging out, you know, in the car and then, you know, she has her purse and she's got these enormous pills. I mean, them joints were like horse pills. Okay. And I was just like, Hey, you know, are you okay? You know, I see you have this medication, you know, like you're broken out and stuff. Like, are you okay? She said, well, you know, I ended up, you know, having sex with this guy, you know, she lost her virginity and everything. And, um, he, that was her first time and he ended up giving her herpes. 
And so she was, you know, like in a flare up then and just getting on meds and stuff like that. Um, she probably wouldn't have even known she had it had she went back home, not gone back home because her mom probably saw her and was like, holy cow, and, and knew everything that she did. Like, we got to get you to a doctor because if not, you know, she would have had it treated before and wouldn't look no different when I seen her, right? Um, so yeah, I just felt really bad, you know, I tried to console her, you know, and just, you know, be there for her and everything. But here's how it went sinister, okay? This is where the story turns dark. So she tells me that, you know, and I'm all fine with it. But here's the thing. I had that summer, you know, we had all gone to the pool and she's like, oh, y'all can wear my swimsuits. Okay, we're like 16 at this point. Ain't nobody sharing no bathing suits. My mama taught me, you don't put your stuff on nobody else's stuff. Like, <laughs> we're not sharing underwear. We're not sharing bikinis. I don't even do that now with my own children. You ain't sharing nothing with nobody. Anything that goes on your private parts is yours and yours alone. You ain't sharing that. So it was bizarre because we would always, like, as kids, we would wear each other's clothes. You know, we were always at each other's house. You know, we were very close. Okay. But we never shared underwear and we never, we would always go to the pool and I never wore no bathing suit that she had. And it's not just she did that to me. She did it to our other friends too. Oh, come over and swim. You know, I know you don't have a bathing suit. You can borrow one of mine. So now if you are an astute person, you understand what's going on here. This chick is trying to give us her piece, okay, by having us share her underwear bathing suit because she was angry, probably. She was mad. Think about that. And that's just one person. How many other people out there have that same attitude? Oh, I don't care. I'm pissed, whatever. You know, that's what she did. And it was not just with the bathing suits. So she did it that time. She asked me to wear her bathing suit. Then again, later in the summer, she was trying to get me in her bathing suit. Then we all go out and she's trying to get everybody to share her lip gloss. Oh, I got this new color lip gloss. Why don't y'all share it with me? So my one friend didn't know what was going on with her. And she was like, oh, yeah, girl, I want to try it, girl. She took that, that lip gloss from her. I backhanded it right out of her hand. I was like, this is not happening. I didn't say anything. I just literally backhanded it out of her hand. And I was like, don't take that. She was, this friend was a little younger than me. And I just felt super protective. But even if she was older than me, I would have still pimp handed it out of her hand because, uh, uh, okay. If I know, and, and I'm sent. So after that, that was the last straw for me. I told my mama and honey, I backed it up from that chick because I was like, you know what? Like that is not cool. Like that is really, really messed up. So again, this is a reason to not only protect your own sexual health, but also just in general, sometimes with friends, you know, if they have something and they're upset, they may try to give it to you. You know, this is like all stuff that our grannies say, girl, it is crazy folks out there, you know, evil lurking girl, don't you do that, duh. you know, and you just kind of like, oh, whatever, that's just granny, nah, granny, right, people will try to do that, this is real stuff. Okay, so like, why else would you be trying so hard? And again, multiple occasions, multiple occasions. 
Okay. And so that brings me to the next thing that I wanted to share, you know, about like, you know, um, herpes and things like that. Um, as far as another reason why you want to uh, avoid promiscuity nowadays, I was on YouTube, you know, and as I was, you know, looking at different sources and things, you know, to put together to do this podcast and present this information. And I see a woman on there and she's like, yeah, you know, I had all these partners and I refused to tell tell them that I had herpes. She wasn't displaying any signs. She was on medication and she had sex with all these men and did not care. When I tell you that woman didn't have a shred of remorse, none, honey. She didn't care. She figured she got it for somebody. And people say nowadays, getting something is the cost of doing business. You want to have sex? Be prepared to get an STD. We all got them. That is what people's attitudes are. So that's another thing. If you know, for the young girls listening, you think you want to go out there and have sex with everybody or even one person that you not have done your due diligence. And by due diligence, I mean getting them tested before you have sex with them. Oh, yes, honey. Before you lay down with anybody, you better ask for that test and go with them to get it done. Okay. Because people out here are living foul and they do not care about messing you up, all right? And they will have no remorse. They'll say, this is, everybody's got an STD. Everybody, whenever you, they call it like a rite of passage now. Oh, well, when you first start having sex, you're gonna get something. You're gonna get either gonorrhea one time, herpes, something, big deal. It's to be expected. This is the prevailing ideas in the world right now. People are not tripping off of these diseases. They're not. So again, it's crazy. It's crazy. Now, I'm going to tell you another story about a young girl that was, it was so sad, okay? Like, it was literally so sad. (sighs) It was so sad. Basically, what happened was, um, and this is why when I'm talking about the HPV, there are some things we could do about some of these things nowadays. For example, HPV, you know, there is a shot for that. Some of our parents didn't get the shots for us. That was a mistake. So if you have a young girl right now, Do not not give her the HPV shot because you think it will keep her from not being promiscuous if you don't get her the shot. After you hear this story, you will never make that decision. And shame on you and shame on those of our parents who did the same thing. Okay? And I don't care if you even let them listen to this podcast and let them hear me saying to them, shame on you. Because it's shame on you. Because... Some of these things are just skin to skin contact. Some of these things are prevailing, you know, right now. And like HPV, anyone can have that, even if you haven't even had sex. There's that's a human papilloma virus. So that's something that some people just have, but then you can get it from someone else sexually. So it's not even always something that, you know, someone is doing something they're not supposed to do with, you know, getting HPV. So why wouldn't you take steps to prevent that from happening, regardless of what the person do? If the person, if the child decides they're going to have sex early, you know, it's, that's between them. Okay. Not that I'm advocating for that, but they will have those repercussions. They will have those consequences. But if there's a shot that can prevent a child from getting, or anyone from getting cancer later on, certain strands why not do it you know what i mean and now um with the hpv shot um this was just announced um i forgot what um 
health outlet announced it, um, but I did take note of it about two months ago. It was announced that now they have moved the age up to get the HPV shot to age 45. So honey, if you are 45 and under, you can still get it for free covered by insurance. Even if you're married and in a monogamous relationship, skip on over there and get your HPV shot. Okay. So for those of us who did not get it younger, because, you know, some of the us that were even older than us, like older than me, it wasn't out yet. So you didn't get it. Um, or, you know, maybe your, your parents didn't get it for you, or maybe you just didn't know about whatever. If you didn't get it or you question that you got it, Go get it now if you're under the age of 45, because this is the only vaccine that we have for cancers. Right now, they know that it um, is very good at preventing um, cervical cancers um, and maybe some other things like that in the reproductive area that are reproductive cancers. Perhaps it may help with some of those others, too. But again, it's the only vaccine that we have right now that can prevent prevent cancers, um, you know, reproductive. Now it's not going to prevent, you know, liver cancer and all these other things. You know, we, at this point, uh, who knows, it may have other benefits. We're just not aware of yet. Okay. So again, other reasons to go ahead. If you're again, under the age of 45, it is going to be covered by your insurance. Just say that you want the shot, um, you know, and they should be able to give it to you without charging. Um, a lot of doctors will say, Hey, if you're in a monogamous relationship, you don't really need the HPV shot anymore, which is true. However, however, women's husbands be cheating. Okay. So why would you not get something, even if you are in a monogamous relationship when you don't, I mean, we all have faith in our mates and overall, you know, probably they're not, you know, if they say they're not, probably they're not, right? But again, you just don't know. So if there's something out there that can help you in that situation, go for it. Go for it. Okay. So anyway, and that HPV shot has been out about 20 years now. Okay. So that thing is tried and true, you know, um, yeah, go ahead and get with it. Now, anyway, let's get into this story about the HPV. Now, this might be one that I have shared um, in other podcasts, but this was a, a, a beautiful young girl that I met on set. She was a part of one of those um, foundations. I don't think it was a Make-A-Wish Foundation, but there's multiple foundations like that where um, if some, you know, a young child is, you know, not going to make it, they have an incurable disease, you know, they are terminal, they will like, you know, do something for them, you know, that they can treasure, you know, that they had this experience in their life. And so um, her name was Peyton and I did her hair and makeup for um, a photo shoot. I didn't know any of this. I'm just sitting there doing her makeup. And she starts profusely sweating. She's not feeling good. She's shaking. I'm like, honey, you know, are you okay? What's going on, girl? You know, are you all right? Then as I'm doing her makeup, I notice that she has a port in, you know, like when people are getting chemotherapy, they have a port line in and it's usually in their upper right or left chest. I think it's a right left. I can't remember, but it's usually up in the chest area. Okay. And so I'm going, I knew, I know what they are, you know, and I'm like, wow, this girl might be going through cancer treatments. Like, man. So I said, Hey, I see you have a port or, you know, are you okay? And she said, I'm going through cancer treatments right now. I'm in remission. I got cancer. Um, you know, she got the HPV cancer. Now let me tell you her story. It's heartbreaking. As I was mentioning about, you know, the, the, some of the parents who specifically don't get this shot for their child, because, you know, they feel that it might, 
make them not have sex because, you know, they know they don't have that protection. This is a case where you're going to say, wow, okay? So her parents did not get the shot um, for those reasons, and but she starts having sex, and she's not telling them. Um, she grew up in a very, um, you know, and, and of, of course, you know, there's nothing wrong, you know, with being religious or anything like that, but that's what it was, you know, and so she was too afraid. Just because we're religious, you know, we're all, you know, I love the Bible. That doesn't mean we can't talk to our kids about sex. And if our kids do have sex, you know, they need to feel comfortable to come to us and tell us, you know, they have to feel comfortable because that's the only way we can help them. Okay. So, but they were a bit extreme. And so um, her parents were. And so, um, you know, she was too afraid to go to them because it was like, you know, oh my goodness, you know. So she did not go to them. She was having sex. Um, she got HPV, not knowing um, from whomever she had sex with. Um, she did mention, you know, that she was also doing some other things. Um, I know she was on cigarettes and doing some other stuff. I don't know if she was doing heavy drugs or not. I, I don't know that. So I certainly am not quoting that. But she said, you know, she was just living a life that was not, you know, she was into a lot of things. Um. And then um, she said that she started getting really sick, you know, just really weak all the time, abdominal pain, all these things. So they're taking her to the doctor. They're taking her all these kid specialists. This went on for multiple years. Now, I'm not going to say an exact number because I don't remember the exact number that she told me. But her story was published in some public articles online some years ago. I'm not sure if her her family took it down um, when she passed away. Um, or not, but um, she did. And I read her whole story. Um, and so she said that, you know, she she kept going to the doctor, you know, um, and they're testing her for all these things. They're like, man, none of these tests, you know, she had, they were thinking maybe she has leukemia, maybe she has this, maybe she has that, you know, all these things. And so one day she went to a doctor that says, have you ever had a pelvic exam? Oh, well, she's not sexually active, you know, um, nope, not, I'm not having sex. Are you having sex? Nope, not having sex. This is what she said. She constantly said, no, she was not having sex, although she was, okay, although she was, all right? So finally, this one doctor says, well, let's just do a pelvic exam anyway. Let's just do it anyway. So finally, you know, they, they get on board with that. They do the pelvic exam. She said when the doctor opened her up, you know, just went in and took a look. She just closed her legs and started sobbing because she knew it was too late. She could see the cancer already growing off of the cervix, you know, on other parts um, of her insides. And so, you know, she's like, what, 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 what? She's like, we got to get you emergency treatment right now. So they started her on chemo um, and they did a very invasive surgery. Let me tell you what they did. Because then she started showing me her scars. They cut her all the way open. I want to say it was like from her chest all the way down. Because at this point, the cancer had attached itself to multiple organs. So they sliced off as much as they could get off of all of her organs. They only did that surgery on her because she was so young. I want to say she was like 16, 17 by this point. And I want to say she first had sex when she was like 13. Okay. And... um. They don't, they're not going to do that, you know, for an older person because they really know it's really no 
chance that even if they do it, that you're going to survive, you know, that it's just very risky. You could spread it more, but they were willing to try in this case because she was so young and it was just such a sad situation. So she had that surgery. She did survive that surgery. Um, but again, even after multiple treatments with chemo and all of the things, um, she did die. Uh, she did not make it. And this is something that HPV has been around probably at least 200 years, I would guess. Um, so women would get this and not even know. That's what actually happened to Henrietta Lacks. Um, I have not done a full, you know, um, like deep dive on Henrietta Lacks, but Henrietta Lacks is where we get our HeLa cells from. She was a black woman who um, was diagnosed with cervical cancer, I want to say in the 50s. But what was so remarkable, what happened, although she did end up dying from cervical cancer, her cells um, never die. And so that is how we have HeLa cells that are used in different vaccines and different treatments. And they're still going off of this woman's cells all these years later. Even HeLa cells were used in part to develop the COVID-19 vaccine. Okay. So, um, but so with Henrietta's case, this was way back in the 50s. Um, they were just starting to learn about HPV, but it was, again, it was just like, okay, she got cancer that we could do. There was no treatments for cervical cancer back then. There was no vaccine. Even now, if you get it caught early, cervical cancer is, a, you know, for the most part, a treatable cancer. You know, they're able to, you know, remove pieces of the lesions and all these things, um, treat the cervix, put things on it to stop the spread. There's a lot that can be done. But again, you got to be going for regular paps for that. So again, now if you're watching me on YouTube, I got, you know, a picture of a doctor doing, you know, about to do an exam. Do not skip your yearly annual exam. Okay. Don't skip it. Do not skip it. Okay. Even if you are in a monogamous relationship, do not skip your annual pelvic exam. Women. When I hear women come out their mouth with, oh, it's been three, five years. Or, oh, I can't remember the last time I went to the gyno. Girl, I take so many deep breaths. I'm huffing and puffing for them. Because I'm like, girl, you just don't know. You could go in there, spread them, and they tell you you're done, honey. You're done. And it's so sad because sexual health is one of the areas where we have a lot of control still with cancer. The other stuff, you know, is so much on the inside. There's no way to see it until sometimes it's too late or, you know, there's a visible growth on the outside like breast cancer. Then you can feel a knot, you know, and it, it it's kind of progressing at that point. But with our sexual health, we can prevent a lot by not being promiscuous, being very good about getting testing and being very good about getting our annual exams. Okay, you got to do this stuff. You got to do this stuff. So, honey, I'm in a monogamous relationship, but I go for my pelvic every year. And when I go in there, I tell her, girl, you take this flashlight that you got on the end of this table and you shove it so far up there. I want you to look in so far up there. Okay, all up in there, girl, all up in there, because this is something that if caught early, a lot of it is treatable, okay? 
So this is something that we really have to key in on. If you are afraid to go to the gyno, get over it, honey. I'm giving you some tough love today. Get over it. Get to the gyno and don't skip. That is one thing, even if you don't have insurance, that's a lot of the things like Medicare, Medicaid, all that's covered. They got you. Go take advantage of those services, okay? <sighs> Boy, I tell you what, you know, this stuff is so heavy in here. Let me take a swig of water before I pass out. <sighs> you just hate to see it, you know, you hate to see it. And you fear, it. you know, it's just a lie. You know, some of this stuff, you know, HPV in my mind anyway, and this is not scientifically proven, don't quote me, but I just feel like, you know, it's you can be in a nasty bathroom, you know, or a porta potty or something, and HPV is on there. Somebody touches their private area to go pee. That's how the men transport, you know, they're touching stuff, then they got to touch their private area to go pee. Then next, the private area is in you, and then now here you got. So I also get your husband vaccinated. If he's under the age of 45, tell him to go get the shot. Go get it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I can't. I, I just cannot. I, I hate all this stuff. I hate. I don't like all the diseases and all this. You know, it's just a shame. It is just a shame. Okay. Now let's talk about um, the number two thing. So, so recap. I want to make sure y'all with me now. We done covered a lot. So the first reason you want to not be promiscuous is all these new STDs, STIs, and all these resurgences of the old STDs. We didn't even touch on HIV. Now people are like, you know, feeling nonchalant about HIV. Oh, they got a pill that can make you undetectable. Yeah, but you still got it. And even though it's undetectable, it has still done cellular damage to your body. It has still put you in a position where later on you may develop more health problems, including cancer, because your body, when you have a virus, it is constantly fighting to keep it down, to keep it from infecting you, like, or affecting you, I should say. Okay. But then over time, those defenses just aren't as good, you know, once you start to age. So, you know, then that's when you see these other problems come out. So don't don't be fooled by what people are saying and all of that, you know, with the HIV or any of this stuff. It is a big deal. OK. Um, so that's, you know, the main of it with that. We got the resurgences of the old. We got the new STDs um, and we've got these, you know, there's some of the stories that I shared with you of, you know, how bad it could be. Now, this isn't, you know, everybody's story. But again, these are some of the extreme cases of things that can happen. You know, um, my heart goes out um, to, again, I mentioned Peyton, the individual's family. You know, um, it's just a sad situation. And I, I just, you know, wish them well, wish them the best. And just, you know, my heart does go out because that's a family that that lost a daughter, you know. And then again, you know, she could have even infected other people before she knew she had it, the poor thing, you know. These are young kids. They're not aware. And, and why, you know, even if you do do it, should anybody get a death sentence from having sex? I mean, for crying out loud. You know what I mean? For crying out loud. That is a, a tough, consequence 
that is like the ultimate price, paying with your life for something that is no one's fault. You know, HPV wasn't her fault. You know what I mean? Like, just awful. Just awful. Um, all right. So now let's move on to another reason that is, you know, one that is, oof. This one has like some controversy to it going on right now. Um, I remember this story kind of circulating. It kind of started back in 2012. And I'm, I'm even going to kind of reference the article where I think this idea came from. There might be some truth to this idea. I don't know if you've heard it. Did you know about this one? Again, another reason to be careful out there, girl. Let me get it up here on the screen. It's coming. This one right here. Male DNA from the sperm of multiple partners may mess you up, girl. What do I mean? So there was a a, uh, a share that came out. Let me see if I can get it pulled up here. Um, let's see here. Yes. Okay. Um, this is from the Fred Hutch Cancer Center, fredhutch.org. Uh, again, Fred Hutch, excuse me, .org. Hitches and Center study finds male DNA in women's brains. So this was back, um, way back in October of 2012. And I remember this, this was like breaking news, man. Women were freaking out. Like, and again, I'm going to present you this article. I'm going to present you some more, and then I'm going to give you my two cents. Okay. So basically what it says is male DNA, DNA is commonly found in the brains of women, most likely derived from prior pregnancy with a male fetus, according uh, to first of its kind research conducted at the Hutchinson Center. Uh, the study findings were published, you know, at the place it was published. Um, and the reason for that is that fetal cells crossing the human brain blood barrier. Um, so basically it says that the study found that um, the description of male mitochondrianism in the female human brain, the findings support the likelihood that fetal cells frequently cross the human blood brain barrier and that the mitochondrium in the brain is relatively common. Um, until this study, um, it wasn't known 100% if those cells did cross the blood-brain barrier, okay? Um, for this research, scientists examined the brain autopsy of specimens from 59 women who had died between ages of 32 and 101, and male mitochondrium was detected in 63% of the subjects, um, okay? Now, what they were saying in this article, which you can bring it up and read all of it, was that they were saying that in some conditions they felt like it these origins of cells could have contributed to um, breast cancer um, and things like that but again the research was inconclusive now this article though i feel and this might not have been the only one i'm just listing this one there was a lot of uh, studies um by other you know this was like the main place but then other people you know added what they added different different opinions, different research uh, facilities who shared their thoughts. Um, and, and people kind of took this article and turned it into, when you have sex with many males, they DNA stays with you forever and goes into your brain. Whoa. That is not what the this article was talking about. And that's not what the original um, study was talking about. Um However, I will say this, um, because, you know, that is something even now I still see that circling around on the Internet where people are like, girl, don't you have sex with multi more than one person? Because 
that sperm stays in your brain, girl. It messes you up. There is truth to it. There is truth to it. Why do I say that? Okay, let me pull it up. Let's see here. We covered the gonorrhea. HPV. All right. This is this one is from kind of a hokey site. Um, so you know, th but this is just what people are thinking right now. So this is February 2020. Um, it says, Is it true women retain the DNA of every man they've ever slept with in their bodies? Okay, if you virtually spent any time on the interwebs and particularly lurked on social media areas of this marvel of human ingenuity, you'll no doubt uh at one point or another come across the fact that many women have living male cells hanging out in their bodies including their brains the most common explanation according to social media is how these instances of mitochondrianism remember the mitochondrianism from that other article back in 2012 um, that i just referenced came to be is that the woman acquired these cells via making the beast with two backs with a man <laughs> there I don't get what they're saying there. The claim often follows that given these cells and their replications have been shown to sometimes hang around for decades in women, that most women have the DNA of every male sexual partner they've ever had in their bodies. But is this actually true? Um, as with the vast majority of quick facts spreads around social media, there are elements of truth to it. But the part that makes the fact spread does not appear to be 100% true, okay? Now, some of the disinfectants in these women's brain, and they, qu they quote in this article exactly what I read you from the other article and point to the fact that this is where that kind of thing that was going around social media may have started. However, we have a new article, well, newer, um, since the 2012 article that was actually on time, how previous sexual partners affect offspring. Now, this one was interesting because it was actually a study that was done on um, like dog DNA. And basically what they found, um, it says here, cool or really disturbing. The implications of this study are that any mates a female has had uh, a female has had excuse me let me start again it says cool or really disturbing the implications of the study are that many that any mates a female has had may leave some legacy in the form of physical or other traits that are carried in semen but not the dna containing sperm that could show up in their future offspring with another mate so basically in short this dog DNA that they examined, they found that all this sexual DNA that this particular female dog had had sex with remained in her body indefinitely. But also, let's see, does it say indefinitely here on this one? No, I think this one said 10 years or more. Okay. But what they found was that the DNA of the other sexual partners that she did not even have a puppy with affected the fetus, the baby of the puppy that she did get pregnant by the dog by. I hope that made sense. Are you following me? So basically, this was a study with dogs. So again, 
dogs and humans are something totally different. But again, it says here, eager to learn how this was happening. Crean conducted a series of mating experiments with females. Um, now, now they're talking about flies with their eggs and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, basically it's saying that these eggs, these fetuses absorb these old DNA from old semen. And it has a bearing on the development of the fetus of the other impregnator, if that makes sense. So in human terms, which this is not a human test, it would be like if you had sex with your ex 10 years ago, his sperm hangs around in your uterus, okay? and when you go to have a baby with your new partner, that sperm from the old person affects the development of your baby with your new man. And there could be a 10-year gap. That's some freaky nasty stuff that I don't like very much. Like that, that's crazy, okay? I don't like that. I don't think you like it either. That's crazy. So again, this was a dog experiment. Um, for the most part, they did it, it, you know, experiments on other things, you know. Um, but yeah, that was that was crazy. Now I'm gonna get on to this a little bit more because this whole topic here on point number two that we're talking about, another reason to avoid promiscuity, because you know, we are retaining these males' DNA in our body you know, plausibly, we, it has not been a 100 definitive yet, but there's a lot of evidence that could suggest that is the case. Here's another article. Now, this one is, again, it's a dot com. It's medical news today. Um, and this is a, when was this article published? Let's share that. I went in the blue blazes. Why wouldn't they put that where I could find it? Hmm. Let's see here. Ah, okay. This is also another 2012 article, okay? Medicalnewstoday.com. Sex can cause genetic changes in a woman, okay? Um, now, it is just saying in this article, basically, that um, scientists are aware that a male passes on seminal fluid protein to their sexual partner while mating, impacting their feeding sleep patterns, immunity, egg laying, sexual receptivity, and water balance. And this is according to Professor Tracy Chapman from UEA School of Biological Scientists. Okay, now let's see what else he says. We tested here the effects of one enigmatic seminal fluid protein known as the sex peptide and found it to change the expression of a remarkable array of many genes and females, both across time and in different parts of the body. Now, I'm going to let you think about that for a little bit. According to this study, okay, seminal fluid is changing your eating, sleep patterns, immunity, egg laying, sexual receptivity, water balance, and I'm sure there's more that they just have not realized yet. 
So then you think about a woman who's out there having sex with multiple partners. You got a lot of genetic information being passed back and forth. Okay. And of course, there has to be truth to this because let's take this for an example. Let's let's use another type of disease. Let's talk about COVID. So with COVID, when you get it and you just getting that through sneezing and stuff like that, you know, coughing, sneezing, whatever, there is genetic information in there of other people. Now, you don't get all of that. But for the disease to infect you, it has to have some human information in it. All right. So you're you're getting that and that's just COVID. That's why I don't even, if somebody look funky, don't breathe in my area, honey. I will move in a minute. If you look half crazy and nasty, I will sure enough not share no air with you because I don't want that DNA, uh, anything that you got, <laughs> okay? I don't want it. So if you see somebody that look a little off, girl, run to the other side. Don't share air with them. So that's just air sharing. And you're getting genetic material, gene stuff from people, okay? Now, let's take it to something even deeper sex. So you're getting a direct boom because, okay, let's talk about our vagina. So your vagina is soft tissue. Soft tissue is what is on the inside. And that's why we have to be so careful with our vaginas and who we let enter them and to test people before we let them enter us because your vagina is the only thing that is accessible that is basically the same kind of spongy consistency as your internals. Like, you know, if you cut your cut, if you were, you know, cut open for a surgery and stuff, you know how everything looks in there. It's soft, it's spongy, it's it's a totally different material. Everything else on the outside of us is skin, you know, it's dermis. You know, we have a dermis and epidermis that keeps stuff out. Our vagina is not made to keep anything out. It's made to absorb, it's made to absorb sperm. And it's amazing how it does that because, you know, when you see sperm, if it's not in the vagina, it gets all hard, right? But in the vagina, it just disappears. Our body absorbs it. It's like a sponge. So that's why when it comes to something like having multiple sexual partners, you're absorbing whatever they got isn't going to be in their sperm, okay? Just like breast milk or any other thing that's of that magnitude, a sexual reproductive thing, right? Our breast milk has a lot of genetic information in it. That's why it's so good at, at growing our babies. But sperm, on the other hand, is going to carry whatever else is in it that is a problem, okay? That's how you get gonorrhea and HPV is genetic information that you got from that person, okay? So Things are definitely happening, but we're starting to understand how long these things can linger in the body and cause issues, okay? So do you really want to have all these men's stuff up in you like that? All their seminal fluids? Messing up your immunity? Your egg-laying ability? Your sexual reproductivity? Your water balance? Is that what you really want? So for all the young girls listening and they're watching the influencers and they thinking it's cute to have one night stands, you know what I'm saying? And 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 dropping it like it's hot and twerking on everything they can twerk on. It ain't a good look. I'm sorry. It, it's not appealing at all. 
That's a good way to mess up your life. For real. Okay. So um, keep this stuff in mind, guys. You know, and even for us that, you know, maybe you were married once. Maybe the, the relationship didn't work out. You get a new partner. You know, you get married again, whatever. You know, you still have to be aware of this stuff. You know what I mean? Ask about their sexual background and don't just go by what they say. Do the testing. You got to do the testing. Okay. You just have to do the, the testing. All right. So this was the number two reason to avoid having multiple partners is because you're getting a lot of genetic information just like with other diseases that are going to affect your health. Sperm entering your body is absolutely going to affect your health. Now, does that sperm stay in your brain forever? We don't know, but it is entering you and it is going to go through course through your whole body. Okay. Just like anything else does. So understand that. All right. Understand that. Okay. All right. So let's move on to our number three thing. Number three reason that you better think twice before you go out there kicking it up and out for anybody, okay? This right here, regret. We got a lot of stuff floating around in society right now. YOLO, you only live once. Live your life with no regrets. All of that. It's a lie, honey. It's a lie. I'm telling you straight up. People have regrets. People regret the stuff that they have done when it affects them like this. It's not fun. It's not fair either. I'm sad that, you know, we have that. I wish there was no diseases, you know? We know that there's a time in the future. You know, we have a a bright hope, you know, that one day this is all going to be a thing of the past. You know, everything will be good. And we, we rejoice in that hope. But in the meantime, people be having regrets, okay? The instances that I shared with you of the people I knew personally that shared with me and I saw what they went through, they had regrets. They had regrets. It's hard because... Something that affects you so personally and so deeply because it's something that you did. And injustice is like, okay, something, you know, I don't know, you're in a car accident and somebody runs a red light and hits you. You were in no fault at all. So, yeah, you can feel bad a little bit. Oh, man, I wish that person didn't hit me. But at the end of the day, it wasn't your fault. Some of this stuff, I'm not saying it's ever a woman's fault if she gets a disease. You know what I mean? Things happen, you know, it's, it's nobody's fault. But at the same time, you may regret having intercourse with that person, especially if, you know, you're just having the attitude of a casual view of sex. Hey, you know, whatever, I'm young. This is what I'm supposed to be doing because this is what everyone's doing in college or this is what everyone is doing as an influencer this is what all the the people i listen to their music this is what they're talking about this is what my friends are talking about that's regret you don't want to regret living your life 
willy-nilly and not thinking about your future and then shortchange yourself out of the future. You know, and sometimes things happen, you know, some women are victims of sexual assault. That was not their fault. And yet they have to deal with these consequences. And it is heartbreaking. It is absolutely heartbreaking. Now, I will say, if you are ever a a victim of sexual assault, what you need to do is go to the emergency room right away. They have what is called a rape kit there where they can collect the genetic information. You know, they could take a sample and that information can be given to police to catch the person who assaulted you. And they can give you treatments right there and drugs, medications that can help you prevent getting a disease. Some diseases, if you catch them, if you get medication for them, Within that first 48 hours, you probably won't get it. So again, if you are a victim of sexual assault or you have sex with someone and you like, man, we did not do a, 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 a um, test beforehand. We didn't do none of that. Immediately after you have sex, girl, hightail it to the emergency room. All you have to have, say is I had sex with someone. I regret it. I want to take steps to prevent any type of issues. What can you give me? There's a lot that they could do. And then after that, stay up on your health as much as you can. Pound yourself with with, uh, veggies. You know, eat as many veggies as you can. Drink water. Get sleep and exercise. All of those things are going to help you fight off anything possible coming. Because sometimes it takes, you know, there's some certain diseases like this sexually transmitted have like a little bit of an incubation period where, you know, you might not start seeing symptoms till a week later, two weeks later. Some people never show symptoms initially and then months later they show symptoms. Okay, so just the minute you have sex or the minute you are a victim of sexual assault, this is an option that you have. Go to the emergency room. Tell someone. Do not keep it to yourself. Even if you are someone who, you know, maybe you had, you know, you made a pact with your family, you know, and it was understood, you know, I want to wait until I'm married or whatever. Still, tell someone if you do it. Your parents are still going to be there for you. They are going to love you and give you the best help that they possibly can. Okay. So again, low self-esteem and all of these things are a part of it. No one talks about the low self-esteem part, even for the women who don't get anything, but they still have multiple partners. If you have sex with someone and they get up and leave and next day they don't call you, they don't text you, you never see them again, it's dehumanizing. You feel used. You feel like an object. You've been objectified. You've been taken advantage of. Because it's very weird to me how you have these prevailing ideas out there where guys will say, hey, it was consensual. But they will basically lie to your face, say all this stuff for a week straight, two weeks straight, six months straight to get you to sleep with them. Then the minute you sleep with them, they up and about their business. And you come to find out, oh, they lying. 
They ain't doing nothing. They don't even have a job. They're not actually who I thought they were. They lied just to get you to have sex with them. And there's a lot of sexual aggression in society today. You know, you see men acting out, doing all kinds of crazy things, sexually assaulting women. Why? Because they don't want to put in the work into a relationship. They just want the quick fix and be done because they're all hopped up on porn. That's another whole nother problem. Okay, so that is that we could go so deep on this, y'all. But this is something that I feel is really important. For people to understand. Okay, this is very important. It's all of us. All of the ladies, and I love y'all here, and I love working lady podcast community, and especially our young girls, because I want to share any information with you that I have that's going to help you lead a better life. Okay. Now, let's talk about this. Something that people, you know, kind of criminalize, they just make you feel stupid and dumb when you do this, you know? Because again, right now, half of this society is backwards. What's good is bad and what's bad is good half the time. But now people are starting to wake up and see, you know what? It's not worth it. A lot of women, you know, I read a lot of forums online. They're like, man, I'm teaching my girls different. I'm teaching my girls not to have sex until they get their person, their future husband or whomever a test. And this goes regardless of even if you know this person, you might have grown up with this person your whole life. You ma- It don't matter. Whenever you are going to have sex, you both need to go for sexual um, testing. Okay, so if you are on YouTube right now, you see I got a picture of the couple up here. They're going for their sexual testing. Okay. Do that. Now. People make you feel dumb, though, when you want to get a sexual test. That is something that I feel is common, like, for people to make you feel stupid in certain subsects of American culture. I know in some of, like, even African culture or, um, you know, some of the different islands or even, like, Europe it's more commonly accepted that, hey, okay, we're going to start having sex. We're going to get married, whatever. We're going to do testing. People have expressed that. These are conversations I have with people. It's like a given. Oh, yeah, you know, we went for our sexual uh, test, you know. But for some reason here in some of our subcultures here in the United States, it's like people looking at you like, oh, well, why do you think I got something? Well, why don't you think I got something? You know what I mean? Like, why are you so nonchalant about this? Do you not read? Do you live under a rock? Are you mentally ill? Why would you be so like whatever about your own health? So that kind of tells you a lot right there. If you start getting pushback, ladies, especially you young ladies from someone, they just pressuring you. Oh, we could just do it right now. It ain't no big deal. Well, I want to get a, a test first. Let's get go together and get sex tested. Oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, you don't trust me. Why you want to do that? You know, we don't have to do all that. Anytime you start hearing mess like that, girl, that is not the person for you. Do not lie down with that fool. And don't you be that fool. Don't, because women are doing it too. 
women are giving men stuff and the men are giving women stuff and half of them don't care. So don't you be that person either. But if someone is saying that to you, guess what? It's time to get up and leave. Okay, well, if you don't understand where I'm coming from on this, we ain't got nothing else to talk about. That's a relationship ender right there. I tell you one thing, huh? I don't think so. Okay, so um, don't let people make you feel bad about this. People make people feel bad for wanting to do sexual testing. Why wouldn't you want to test for an STD? Lunacy. Don't let them make you feel crazy. They're the loon. Okay. All right. Um, so again, take care of yourself, girls. Um, now let me tell let, let's talk about this. I got a couple more here. Okay, so we touched on the three main points, but here's something else that in today's society people criminalize. They go, Oh, that's the, you, you, you ain't nobody. You ain't did this, you ain't did that. I'm dropping all kinds. I'm going to drop everything today on this. I'm going so heavy and hitting it so hard because it don't make no sense. It's a shame. Sorry, I can't get this one to come up. Come on, come on. My computer wants to freeze up a little bit here. I really want to share this one because uh, some people do like to really watch these on YouTube. Oh, where in the world? Here we go. This right here. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, I have just a little, you know, share here of different couples. And I have an older couple in the middle. And we're going to assume that this older couple, they have only had sex with each other their whole lives. Okay. That can be a very beautiful thing. Not everybody gets to have that experience for one reason or another. Maybe you were a victim of sexual assault. Maybe, you know, your first husband just was not cutting it and, you know, you had grounds for divorce and then you met someone amazing. But regardless of the situation, it is a beautiful and powerful thing when two people can go a long distance relationship their whole lives and they have only been with each other sexually then we don't mind that their their genetic information is being stored in our brains so some people think or maybe plausible may, that might be a possibility we don't mind because this is someone we love and trust and they're getting our genetic information too and and that's okay Heck, that might be why as the couples get older, they start looking alike. You know what I'm saying? They're finishing each other's sentences. You know what I mean? That's a beautiful thing. But in today's society, especially, and then this was even when I was, you know, a teenager. It's been like that for, you know, it, a long time now. You know, I mean, it was even like that in our parents' generation, you know, where it was like, oh, you got to just get out there and have sex with as many people as you can. When you're young, yeah, that's what you do when you're young. No, it's not. And there are hundreds and hundreds of millions of people out there who feel the same way. But you're not going to see that broadcasted on mainstream. They're only highlighting the debauchery. That's what they're highlighting. And the over-promiscuity and the hoe-bag culture. You know, let's all be hoes. Let's all go out there in thongs and show our tails. 
and grind on anything that's grinding, you know? Disgusting. It's disgusting. It's not cute. This is beautiful. Look at these couples. We're going to assume, now these folks, I don't know, they probably just paid models. You know what I'm saying? In these pictures. But let's just assume that these are couples that have committed to each other. They've done their due diligence. They are committed to each other. Now, here's what happens when you are in a committed relationship with your sex. When you're in a marriage, you have a lot more freedom to be sexually explorative with your partner. They're making these one-night stands look cute. They're not. You can't build deep intimacy on a one-night stand. That's going to be some crummy wham-bam, thank you, ma'am, sex that you're not going to feel good, walk away feeling good about. Some people may like it. You can become desensitized and enjoy that type of behavior. That's a whole nother topic. When your sexual introduction is like that, then you begin to crave that kind of sexual activity. I encourage all women, enter your sexual experience in a positive light. Enter it with grace. Enter it with beauty. Enter it with dignity. You feel me? Have some class. So when you go into this relationship, now you're in a committed relationship with your husband and you guys can just explore each other's bodies. You can just really feel free. When these women and these men are going out here, they're nervous. When they're having sex because they're like, ooh, does this person have something? Ooh, do they got something? It's so much anxiety. No one talks about that. But this is the kind of stuff that you hear when you're talking amongst women. You know, sometimes I was just a fly on the wall and I hear the women, they're talking to their friends. Oh, what'd you do with that one? Girl, I was scared. You know all this stuff going around. I didn't even want to do it. Ooh, I was too nervous. Girl, as soon as he was done, I hosed myself off with some vinegar. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, because you don't know because you don't know the person. So again, you're going to have empty feelings. The sex is not going to be as good. That's my personal opinion and what I have found with women who are in committed relationships. And there's lots of research you can do on that online as well. You're going to have a deeper connection, more intimacy, more arousal with someone that you love and trust. Not somebody you just met and you skeeving the whole time you doing it with them. Oh, Lord, don't touch me too hard. Don't put it in too much. I, ugh. Who wants to go through that? You know what I mean? So, you know, do your due diligence. At least you know you've done your part. So if anything goes wrong, you know, down the road, at least you can feel good about you. Hey, I tried. I did what I was supposed to do. Even if your mate decides they're going to go out there and act a fool one day, at least you know you tried. So you can have a good conscience. You can sleep good at night. So again, being in a monogamous relationship is a beautiful thing. This is what the world criminalizes. Oh, you've only had sex with one person. Or they even criminalize people who wait for marriage. Ah, you got to go out there. You can't wait for marriage. Why not? 
Why would I want to swap DNA with some disgusting person I don't know? It's bizarre. Listen to that. It's just bizarre. So again, don't be fooled. Don't let these crazy folks make you think what's bad is good and what's good is bad. This is a beautiful thing. You look at some, everybody's got older couples that they know and they've been together. They may be, be your grandparents and they've been together the whole time, loving each other, having sex with each other in a beautiful way, in a dignified way. And they avoiding a lot of these headaches. That could be you too, for all you young ones listening. Or even if you're not young, girl, whatever. Anybody can have some stability in this area. Ladies, I very much enjoyed this conversation with y'all. Y'all know I have nothing but love for you. And I I appreciate every last one of y'all in my community, okay? Y'all willing to sit up here and listen to me run my mouth for an hour and 20 minutes about some nasty stuff? I appreciate it. And I hope you find it helpful. I hope you share the information. Like, comment, share, and subscribe, please. That would be awesome. Um, you know, for me, I just like doing this. Um, if I could grow, you know, and get more information to more people, that would be awesome. But I'm happy with the community we have right now. Um, so, you know, if you feel so inclined to share, you know, if this information, you know, was great for you, share it with someone who you think can really benefit from it. I plan to share this particular episode with my little ones when they get just a titch older. This is great information for young girls. There's nothing shared here that's inappropriate that they can't hear. They're going to hear worse than that on this nasty internet. Okay. All right, ladies. Uh, again, if you're not following me already, give me a follow on Instagram. It's at Work It Lady Podcast. I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Put your body in the-